is the Desperate Mothers Podcast. Oh my. Check out what these desperate mother are up to this week. Yeah, our someone was peaked at a lot younger age. <laughs> it was just chugging on regardless. <laughs> Not taking any notice in the world. <laughs> the world has passed us by. I'm still waiting to peak. Yeah, here's hoping to late bloomers. <laughs> yeah. That's actually the whole premise of the show is, you know, the Desperate Mothers. A bunch of old guys hoping that they haven't peaked. <laughs> hoping that they'll reach their goal or do something. Please, God, let my life mean something. <laughs> yeah, I was coming up, uh, I came up with an idea for a silly uh, mobile app or game <laughs> with one of the guys at work. Or I, like, uh, I actually pushed my idea on him. It occurred to me when I was joking around with uh, some younger, some of my friends, kids, you know, teenage boys. Okay. So, some, you know, people that are pretty much at my uh, mental level. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had the idea for this gross kind of mobile app game. But after, like, uh, expanding on the idea... Figuring out ways we can like turn it into like a freemium game where people can get the game for free and then buy extra ammunition. That would entertain a teenage boy. You know, three rounds of super gross ammunition for 99 cents to help you clear the level. And we could be rich. So what is the premise of this super gross game? I'm not sure I should give it a... (laughs) (laughs) But it's kind of like an Angry Birds ripoff with a lot of poo. <laughs> monkey poo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's not monkey poo. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, we're actually talking about building this up and doing the um, uh, art for it. Um, it's it's just the premise. <laughs> selling it like to the selling the idea to the people I work with. Um, it's overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> people, people tell me, yeah, uh, I could, uh, well, I would, I would buy that. Well, I would download that for free <laughs> and maybe I might buy the special gross ammunition that makes you poo. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know. This game is rated M. <laughs> um, how do you... What is the category that that falls under? Adult situations or? Well, because it wouldn't be adult situations. It would be um, gross situations. (laughs) What is your little disclaimer on your M title? Like, might make you throw up. (laughs) Really, what can you actually say about it? Because it's like, if you've ever gone to the bathroom, this is what you'll see. Yeah, but mom's not going to want her seven-year-old playing this game. Mom, mom, can I have 99 cents? I need to buy the ammunition that makes my player poo. (laughs) What kind of poo? I want the stream attack. (laughs) Oh. I want the salad shooter. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, oh. Yeah, don't eat the cheese. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mistakenly fed my player cheese. He has he has to skip this round because he's constipated. It's the brick. (laughs) (laughs) Next round, however, it's going to be really nasty. (laughs) 
next turn is going to be a big cheese ball coming out. <laughs> it's a brick followed by liquid death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So if that's not a great intro to the Desperate Mothers podcast, nothing is. So welcome to episode 22 of the Desperate Mothers podcast. I'm CJ Watson. And I'm Jason Rice. So, yeah, we're just talking about gross things and uh, mobile apps. There should be more gross mobile apps. At least one more, mine. <laughs> Free to play, cost you for the fun stuff. I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. <laughs> well, which is the magic mobile game price point? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess uh, <clears throat> Verhoeven, right? Paul Verhoeven? Robocop. Yeah. Right? He knew. He knew dollar was the magic price point. <laughs> the success of the dollar store is all on him. You know, some guys a long time ago thought it was the dime or the five and dime. Dime stores, five and dimes. They they changed with the times. Well, a long time ago, the dime was the price point. But that was a long time ago. Yeah, I blame Obama. Even though he's never born. Yeah. It probably was his impending birth that caused... Uh, the the dollar or the dime to deflate so much that you had to place, replace it with the dollar. My son Job blames his brother Aiden for everything. Yes, yeah. sure. He he blames him for the hole in the ozone layer and for the drop of the dime. Well, the world changed when he came along, so it's, it's got to be his fault. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I thought my my brother was responsible for every bad thing in the world <laughs> until I was about forty two. <laughs> So did you ever, uh, <laughs> we were talking about uh, reading earlier and um, fantasy authors. I haven't got into it. I, I can't mean to. I just got um, this author's first book, um, Terry Pratchett. Terry Pratchett? Just I read Good Omens that he wrote with Neil, Ga- Neil Gaiman. Gaiman. That was a great book. I loved it. Loved yeah. it. I have a hard copy on my uh, shelf. Um <clears throat> Yeah, but I, I, he wrote the Discworld series. Okay. Uh, passed away. Oh, he died? Yeah. Like 66 years old. Mm. He had a um, a form of Alzheimer's. Oh, that kind of sucks. Yeah. He had planned to take himself out if it got to the point of suffering, but uh, I didn't see anything in the news to say he actually did that. Well, he probably forgot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that does happen. I'm sorry, that was insensitive. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it seems like Just give them what they want. They'll forget about it tomorrow. <laughs> that was evil. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's tough. I mean, Discworld... Discworld never had the pleasure of. Uh, apparently, Terry Pratchett was like uh, one of the best-selling uh, authors in Britain for like a long time, okay. and uh, or probably the greatest, best, uh, the most-selling author in Britain until J.K. Rowling and her little wizard boy came along. Okay, now is Discworld like a funny thing, or is it yeah a pretty straight? No, no, it's kind of like a, a funny adventure, humorous okay. kind of thing. Like, because um, Good Omens was pretty funny. That's yeah, that was that was a comedy book. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, because Neil Gaiman is known for his comedy. 
Oh, yeah. All his other books are hilarious. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Neil Gaiman is known for his... Um, I don't know. I love Neil Gaiman. Like, now, his children's books are relatively creepy. humorous. Creepy. And... They're all creepy. He's he's the master of the... I, I sold my dad for two goldfish was not creepy. It was just about a kid who sold his dad for two goldfish. And then he traded those goldfish for a guitar. And then he traded that guitar for a kite. And his mom made him go get his dad. Oh, so he had to take the kite back? He had to trade all these things back so that he did could. it go back full circle or did he actually had to go around and trade those other things in order to finally find somebody to finally get his dad back because all of his friends that he traded to had traded him. his dad on oh okay okay so did I, it end with him like trading a ferrari and not quite that everything was pretty low end so dads aren't worth much is what, <laughs> yeah. is what Neil Gaiman saying. Well, dads just sit around and read the paper. Right, right. Yeah, don't offer a whole lot. They're, never, they're so old they can't go out and play anymore, and they don't have any imagination at all. Yeah, they get a little bit ornery. They're not good for cleaning or cooking yeah. or uh, well, pretty much being helpful yeah. in general. Two goldfish, that seems kind of a lot for a dad. <laughs> I, think it, I think it ripped the other kid off. <laughs> One goldfish. And then maybe make the dad take care of it. <laughs> Teach him some responsibility. <laughs> but, you know, human trafficking, that's a fun children's kind of a yeah. concept. <laughs> it's okay. Just trade that person for something else. <laughs> I mean, so it wasn't like a candy bar or something where he couldn't, like, you know... Yeah. All all the things that he was traded for could be traded back. Right. It wasn't so, perishable. Yeah. Well, except for the goldfish. <laughs> Unless they were immortal goldfish, and then that kid really got ripped off. Yeah. He's got the world's only two immortal goldfish. <laughs> These things have been alive for 15,000 years. <laughs> They're coy. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so long, Terry Pratchett. And I did love... Um, uh, good omen. So yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. I did read that. Have it on my. I just think of it as a Neil Gaiman book, but yeah. But yeah, he's a creepy. Uh, brings fun to creepiness. I guess brings fun to creepiness. I was gonna say creepy emo, but emo hasn't been very like a compliment in a long time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if emo was ever a confident compliment. Well- I don't really find his stuff to be too emo. Right. Just the only thing that was even a little emo was the Sandman. Yeah, or a lot. I think the Sandman could have been a lot. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, I agree. Like if you've read American Gods, nothing emo about that. It's just... Hardcore, screwed up. Yeah, the Sandman and the Sandman characters. Yeah, but that's about it. But Sandman really put him on the map. Yeah, I mean that was that was new stuff. That was that was practically flagship for Disney or DC's Vertigo. 
Yeah. I think separating any Vertigo title from Sandman became the difficulty. Yeah, it was, uh, I think, Hellblazer and and Sandman that really started the Vertigo line. Yeah, so with all of that, 66, it was 66, with all of that, Discworld hasn't got a proper movie. Probably because it's funny, I think, you know. Well, how long did it take for uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to get a movie? A proper movie? And then it still wasn't. Well, it was British humor to begin with. And even, you know, even us diehard Monty Python fans have to admit that the humor stylings of the British don't cross over well to American audiences. Well, it crosses over to a point. But the I don't think the the book translated into film well. Because it's so absurd. Yeah. And you can't the absurdism pops on the page but you can't bring that visually or when you do it, it it triggers such a disconnect with the viewer yeah that you see what you see and you think oh that's just ridiculous yeah it's like the vogon constructor ships that hang in the air much like bricks don't right how do you how do you do that visually Well, you, you do it, but then nobody's going to. Nobody's going to get the joke. Right. Well, because there's a lot more you can do with, with words in a page in a book yeah. than you can with a, a picture. You know, it's really funny because, you know, you get the old, the old saying that uh, a picture's worth a thousand words. But, I mean, you can... You but a thousand something. words is really... Freaking you can, cool. You can do some remarkable things with a thousand words. <laughs> yeah. You can paint, with a thousand words, you can paint a picture that's impossible to recreate. Which is, you know, why they, that kind of thing happens. Why Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy was just an amazing flop. Yeah. Like, I enjoyed it for what it was. It was a great movie. But. If you're comparing it to the book, you're going to be extremely disappointed. And I don't think the book, if I recall correctly, was um, very sentimental. No. um, Douglas Adams wanted... it, It started out as a radio play. Right. And the whole point was to destroy the planet. He had to come up with some reason to destroy the planet. And like every episode of this radio play, he'd blow up the earth. And just find funny reasons for it. So there wasn't, it was just an exercise, really. And it turned into five books. Well, 
then so the disconnect is obvious why viewers wouldn't um, really connect with it and believe it because it was just outlandish to begin with yeah your main character is kind of plunged into the situation so I th- I, that's what I had a problem with with the movie is that I didn't really feel for anybody except you know the indigenous creatures of the planet Earth, humans notwithstanding. Because <laughs> I think nobody was worth saving. So long, and thanks for all the fish. Yeah. Um, so Discworld, you know, you would think because of its bizarre themes and characters and comedy, it's not going to translate very well. Which is probably why it doesn't have a film. And then, then I, uh, Adam was reminding me, because I, I sure I heard of it before. The BBC did make a Discworld movie. Did they? But you know, BBC making a movie is like saying NBC made a movie. Oh, so it was made for TV. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, um, you know, I, it's supposed to be pretty good quality, but then so is Doctor Who. The last season of Doctor Who. Yeah, Doctor Who didn't always suffer from uh, <laughs> an injection of high quality from its studios. <laughs> yeah. I remember watching Doctor Who with Job and just going, did they just not have any money in the production department? They just, no FX. <laughs> Right, right. Doctor this, Who constantly baffled you with bullshit. This last season, uh, I did not complain about the the FX or production value at all. I want to say because they know that they're selling it on BBC America now, and you know nobody consumes like Americans. You know we're we're such a small fraction of the world's population. We are the one percent. You know. We talk about the 1% having the most wealth in the country. Yeah. Well, that's like also in the world. You know, we're a few Middle Eastern oil chic families away from having all the money. <laughs> you know? Us in Dubai, huh? Yeah. Yeah, seriously. I mean, Americans consume like 90% of the world's needless products. <laughs> Probably all the products, you know, but we consume so much and you we're just this tiny fraction of what 350 million people, right? India has five times the amount of people we do, right? And most and of them don't have indoor plumbing. No, no. In, <laughs> India has like half a percent of the money that we do. India's like, oh my God, they're the one percent. And then you know, there's some some uh, Native American. Uh, tribes in lower Mexico that look at India and go, oh my god, they, they're, they're the 1%. <laughs> look at all that curry. Dude, if I could just get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, we, like the American need for more. And <laughs> if I could just make $5 more an hour or $20 more a, um, a week. Or if I can just get that job that pays $1,000 more a week, I'll have the dream life. 
Yeah, we're all broke, just on a different level. It is. Uh, Americans live up. People, people live up to and slightly beyond their means. Yep, we're all broke, just on a different level. Making uh, making that one percent super rich, you know. But if you're living in India and you don't have indoor plumbing, and you're 19-story shack like they live in over there is wobbly and you don't want people to come home because then it might fall down on you. You're looking at the people over here who are living on credit going, man, they got the life. Well, I I just read a, like a news story about Brazil, you know, the slums in Brazil. Mm-hmm. These people, if they can't take care of their kids... They just put them out in the street and let them run wild. And then the cops come through. The cop death ga- The gangs, death squads. The death squads, yeah, yeah. And they just start taking out these kids. Pop, pop, pop. Dead that, little kids. Is that new? I thought they'd been doing that for like they've, 20 years. Apparently they've been doing it forever. Yeah. But I just found out about it recently. And it kind of blew my mind. That... They're just killing these kids. There's there's no anything for them. It's just, oh, nobody's taking care of you? Pow. Um, what site did you read that on? Or where did you read that from? I don't remember. Oh, you heard it from somewhere, right? Yeah. You don't browse the internet casually. Are you looking for it now? Oh, no. <laughs> I was actually looking up the box office numbers for uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And it looks like it made money. Uh, production budget was estimated at $45 million, and it worldwide made $110 million. So, well, yeah. which, which in, in effect for a big movie company is probably a tragic loss of money. Yeah, they, they made about half. They probably spent that on advertising. Yeah, after after advertising and the junkets and all the other crap, they probably made about half their money. Yeah, so it's the Brazilian death squad's fault that Doctor Who didn't get more money to make better special effects for the show, and why and why Discworld only saw a BBC like TV made made for TV movie. I call bullshit on your logic. <laughs> <laughs> it's interconnected somewhere. We just gotta find the missing piece. <laughs> it can't be the death squad's fault. No, that's not their fault. They're just doing their job. They're just killing little kids. What? What does that have to that, do with the BBC at all? <laughs> yeah, probably not as much. Not as much as you would think. <laughs> if you thought any at all. It's not that much. Um, okay. Uh, Brazilian death squads. That's not very funny. <laughs> yeah, we're giggling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awful. Um, Makes me glad to live here. I see a search result from uh, the LA Times in 1990. Um, Brazil police kill street children. So, apparently they don't do a good job. Because <laughs> that was like 25 years ago. 
and in 2012, Brazilian activists urged crackdown on uh, the death squads. Yeah, we should get these death squads. So that's been going on quite a while. Yeah. Um, but there's no social services. There's no no help for these families. You're just shit out of luck. That's why they're putting their kids on the street. You know, It's, you know, we think that it's so bad here. But guess what? You got help. There's... There is always some help. Yeah, whether you want it or not is another thing entirely. Yeah. You know, you know, and we do have a lot of church groups in practically every city that if you went to to one, if you were like down on your luck, didn't know where to turn, you could go into any church and ask for help. If they don't have the resources, they'll point you to them. Yeah. You know, nobody really does that. Um, I, I've known some people on welfare, some people down on their luck, people who are living in their cars and stuff, and they just, for whatever reason, refuse to go ask for help. Yeah. If if you're on the street in America... People want to help you. It's, it's for lack of trying. doesn't mean you, you can get a job just because yeah. you want one. But I mean, if you're out in the weather, yeah, and you haven't eaten in a long time, there's people out there that'll help you. You just have to ask for it. People aren't going to come searching for you and say, "Oh, you look like you've been out in the weather a long time, and I want to eat," or "You haven't eaten, so let me go buy you a subway sandwich and uh, a Chick Fil A." Yeah, um, you. You've got to put forth the effort. And on that happy note. Yeah, that wasn't very funny at all. (laughs) (laughs) No Doctor Who for the people on the street. (laughs) Now that they've got their production values up. The Doctor Who? Yeah. Yeah. This last season with uh, the new Doctor is actually looking pretty good. And they got people who can act, which is new. Doctor Who? Yeah. Like, the Doctors have always been able to act. Right. But some of the people surrounding the Doctor have been pretty cardboard. And some of the other cast in in previous seasons have been pretty horrible actors. I've always felt like Doctor Who kind of suffered from the Dark Shadows effect. Where like, like they had to produce so much so quickly with so little that maybe people didn't have time to learn their lines. Or maybe they didn't care to give a, um, a believable delivery or reading of the script uh, you know sometimes it you know it, it's sci-fi ultimately yeah. Doctor Who sci-fi and some of the stuff is corny as heck like they just made you know I mean come on the sonic screwdriver dude sonic screwdriver I want one I know but sonic <laughs> screwdriver 
<laughs> they don't they don't even take the time to give it a gobbledygook name. <laughs> you know, some made up super pseudoscience name. It's a screwdriver that makes sound. <laughs> what the what's word for making sound? Sonic. It's a sonic screwdriver. By gosh, that's the greatest thing ever. We're gonna use that. <laughs> and we're gonna market the hell out of it. <laughs> And every little boy growing up is going to want his very own sonic screwdriver. It can practically do anything. Well, it can. <laughs> yeah. We got the idea from it by watching some guy like uh, break into a car and steal it. Pops the ignition with his screwdriver. It must have been a sonic screwdriver because, look, it's driving a car. So yeah, now we just need to come up with a, like a laser hammer, and then we can get like you know some some silly contemporary, some American version of Doctor Who. Yeah, well, my son just came up with an amazing invention. It's called the DVD rewinder. Okay, to rewind the DVDs you've watched. Yes, or to make you forget the DVDs you watched <laughs> that you don't want to remember. It. I I still have not seen any uh, inventions that can do that except for heavy doses of alcohol. But <laughs> but then they've got to be applied almost immediately following <laughs> yeah. said event. Sometimes during. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think marijuana is supposed to have the same effect. <laughs> yeah. That's why they say don't smoke it in school because you might as well not go. Or you're just gonna forget everything. They should really sell marijuana as a marital aid, <laughs> you know, to make uh, make husbands and wives or spouses, since same sex is totally legal now, right? Spouses make the spouses more calm and relaxed. If you start fighting, immediately pl- apply a marijuana cigarette to each of the combatants. Dude, you need a bowl. <laughs> you want to you wanna hit this? Okay. <laughs> be all mad at me damn <laughs> yeah I don't know if it would work right away <laughs> it's really tough you gotta have that emergency you gotta have that emergency bud on hand as soon as uh, as soon as you feel your partner getting a little snippy you gotta light that up and put that out there yes <laughs> legalized marijuana could save marriages yeah, but it's going to be hell on everything else. Well, driving, driving it would make that more difficult. Dude. You could, and and if you think about it, where most of the fights occur, you'd have to pull over immediately, get out of your car, lock your keys inside your car, and and light your bud because <laughs> you're not going to be obviously making good decisions. I remember in my youth, I did smoke a lot of weed. I no longer smoke weed, but in my youth, I was young and stupid. And I got extremely butted out. And I decided that I wanted to go see a movie. So me and my friend got in my car, and I proceeded to stare at my gear shifter for about five minutes. Because I was high. And then I shifted into first and drove across the street so I could see what was playing at the movies. Mm -hmm. And then we drove back. 
this whole experience took about 20 minutes. We could have walked across the street and looked and come back in probably 10. Driving while butted out is not a good idea. It's Your reaction time is slowed. So you're saying you drove... Impaired. Half your walking speed? <laughs> well, it took me a long time to get to walking speed. Uh-huh. And then just get across the street. In the car? In the car. Was that like a straight line? It was just literally across the street. Did you make a U-turn? Yeah. Did you go around? I went out the driveway uh-huh. to the end of the block, which was about four four houses down, turned, and into the parking lot. It was It was ridiculous. Had I been sober, it would have taken me two minutes. Or you would have just walked across the street. Or I would have just walked across the street. (laughs) (laughs) So, kids, don't use drugs. Not without the proper prescription. (laughs) Kids, don't use drugs. (laughs) (laughs) So, medicinal marijuana does have a lot of valid medical uses. So I've been told. I, I'm not a proponent. No, but I'm not a doctor either. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with the doctors. They say it's good for you on uh, for some reasons. And if those reasons are I couldn't sleep well last night, I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm there they say there's no kind of uh critic like someone who used to do it. Right. And I'm somebody who used to do it. So I am a heavy duty critic. Uh you're against it because of your first hand experience. Yeah. I I know what it does, mm-hmm. and ain't none of it good. <laughs> okay. I mean, you feel great, but I've never been anything but a casual bypasser in those situations. Yeah. I'm. I wouldn't admit to having tried it a few times, but. I don't feel a need to go spark up. <laughs> yeah. And I don't like cigarettes. You know, I, I hate it. I, I, I smoked pack a day for years. I like nine, ten years. Um, two separate times on and off. And I just hate that smoky smell clinging to me. And I can just imagine, you know, the, the smell of marijuana stuck clinging to me. You know, no, mom, it's oregano. Right. <laughs> but I did, uh, I do go to a lot of concerts, or a lot of concerts. I try to go to at least 
six or seven a year, you know, big concerts. Yeah. And you're always smelling marijuana at the big shows. And some of it smells good and some of it smells bad. You can tell this. You, you the think. The funky skunk. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the stuff that smells good, like the high quality stuff that doesn't have that, that. It's hard to describe it, you know, what makes it bad. Yeah. But well, if somebody's burning skunkweed, you can tell. Yeah. It's, it's got a distinct odor. And if they're, they're smoking up the high quality stuff, you can tell too. Because it doesn't have anything to it that's like the nastiness. I guess you don't get that cheapy smell to yeah. it. But still smells like weed. No, alcohol alcohol has been my uh my That's vice. your drug of choice? Yeah, yeah, it's legal and it's stupid, but it's also crafty and wonderful. I mean because you can get such a variety for different ways of fermentation and the the whole craft beer world has totally like ch- turned me around on beer. I grew up as a little alcoholic kid who drinks just craft beer as much as he can. And then, uh, you know, I, I was off a of beer for a long time, and there's a lot of years I didn't drink. And then my friend turned me on to craft beer, and, like, there's a little bit, you know, the sampler platters and, and the, yeah. the little tiny shooter glasses of beer, and you can try this or that, and you start discovering, hey, this beer tastes sweet. This beer tastes uh, bitter. This one has, you know, different kind of hints. And, and, and then Budweiser and PBR and everything is like real crap to you now. It's like, yeah. why would you even drink that trash? See, I, when I drank, because you're going to use drugs, you might as well drink. <laughs> <laughs> when I drank, I was going to do it right. Mm-hmm. And beer tastes like piss, so screw it. It was Beaming Coke. Straight or, to the hard stuff. <laughs> no, I'm going to pound down Jack or Beam or Wild Turkey. Do you like the whiskeys? Something, 101 or higher. Uh-huh. You know, get me, get me hammered and do it tonight. Right. Don't, don't make you drink like <clears throat> half a case of beer before you get the appropriate yeah. buzz level. There's, you know, beer didn't taste good until my sixth one, so... Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's because it's crap. It's because a lot of the stuff they sell out there is just low quality. You know, they they say, oh, this is charcoal filtered. I know, I can taste the charcoal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I just, the only beer that I ever tasted that I liked, even a little bit, Mm -hmm. was Harp. Oh, yeah, yeah. Harp Honey Ale. Harp is an ale. Yeah, I like Harp. Um, some of the imports, they're a little more palatable. Palatable. I like, uh, or I used to like Corona a lot. Drop a little, drop a little lime in it, and it tasted okay. It's very beery tasting. Very. Um, yeah, that's what it has against it for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that I got more into the craft beers, like, like I said, you know, I like IPAs, the Indian. Any of pale ales and yeah. the super bitter stuff, and um, uh, I love stouts and Guinness. And Guinness goes down super smooth. Any beer you can cut with a knife. Yeah, well, you know, people think that, but not all stouts are created equal. I mean, some of them are not good. Yeah. Some of them are just there. Uh, Guinness is a very 
smooth taste. Um, it's super dark. It's actually lower in alcohol than a lot of the other beers, just because it's not overly fermented. You know, well, it's just a. You can't make bread out of something that's too fermented. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I love a good I love a good stout in the Guinness. Um, but it's very different. You know, you're not going to drink stout on the same night or the same time that you're drinking the the IPAs. And you're not going to drink a Belgian because that's going to be totally blown away by the bitter of the IPA. Yeah. So, you know, and that's not a conversation you'd have had 30 years ago or yeah. 20 years ago. It's not a conversation I have because I have no reference. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, one of my other fun fun things to do is find new and strange flavored foods. Um, which, this is the heyday for good, strange flavored foods because all the major manufacturers are coming out now and, like, Pringles was making crazy dill pickle flavored chips and pizza flavored chips. And uh, the Lay's, they made, they did do us a flavor. If you haven't played that online, I'm, I know you don't do that. Yeah. But you can actually submit flavors to Lay's. They even have like a, an app on their website where you can pick the different flavors and give it a name and choose a picture. I think I've already submitted the, the next winning flavor. Really? Because it's, well, I have, like I have a few, but the one that I think is probably going to ultimately be a slam dunk is coleslaw, which is cabbage, mayo, and dill. Yeah, that's one I'm not going to get. No? Not, <laughs> don't like the cabbage or not, the mayo? Not a big cabbage-mayo combination guy. It's it's a texture thing for me, mostly. Okay. I, I, I went with dill, but I was thinking sugar. Thinking white sugar. You know, because coleslaw has a little bit. Because if you wanted to go through the ingredients of coleslaw, you could. Cause, yeah. But it's, it's cabbage, mayo, vinegar, and sugar is the key components that make a good slaw. It's really funny. You're going to put sugar in something, you put vinegar in. It's okay because oil and fat is the binder, so <laughs> it's got to be good for you, right? That's what mayo... Hey, it's got cabbage in it. Right. It's good for you. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, so I guess if you put your chocolate cake on a bed of cabbage, it's healthy. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Chocolate cake is good for you. It's got eggs. <laughs> right, right. It's got everything in it. It's good for you. Maybe too much sugar. <laughs> is it cake or is it sugar? It's mostly sugar. But it's, um, I created a flavor that I know they're not going to make called Smart Bomb, and it had like three like hot chili peppers in it with habanero and jalapeno and cayenne. Just to like give you that zing on, on the palate, smart bomb. In the description, it says when you want to wipe out everything on your on your palate, <laughs> you hit it with the smart bomb. Ghost pepper. <laughs> yeah, I tried to put ghost pepper in. They did not have it. I had to go with jalapeno. But yeah, coleslaw or uh, smart bomb. See, I would sooner eat the smart bomb. It would be more interesting. And the fact that you call it Smart Bomb, making a video game reference, <laughs> makes it even cooler. Yeah, that extra special. Do they even have a name for that in, in modern games? You know, when you get that. 
that cheat that wipes out everything on the level. It was like a defender, right? Yeah. At the smart ball. Anyways, in, in talking about the crazy flavors, um, and because Lay's had the cappuccino flavored, which I liked. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It was supposed to be coffee, mocha, sugary flavored, and it pretty much tasted a little chocolatey, like a chocolate potato chip, which they really should make more of is chocolate-covered potato chips. I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're okay. <laughs> so so what we have in front of us today is the Mystery Chicks by Peeps. And... Um, they started coming out with a lot more different flavors. I saw bubblegum flavored peeps and pink lemonade flavored peeps. And this one is mystery. They're solid white peeps with question marks all over them, indicating possible flavor styles or See, profiles. And I, the last time I had a peep, admittedly, it's been a while because I don't go out of my house, but there was one flavor. And it was marshmallow. Right, yeah. I, I call marshmallow flavor. You know, up yours to anybody who says marshmallows vanilla. I mean, maybe it has vanilla in it, but uh, the, I get marshmallow flavor out of marshmallow. Marshmallow is <laughs> uh, a flavor that you get by combining sugar and gelatin and letting it get hard. Yeah. But not too hard. <laughs> Well, if you let it sit out, like I do with my peeps, you know, I let them sit and get hard and chewy and crunchy because I'm weird like that. I'm do you sure I'm like your peeps one. to get hard? I like my peeps hard and crunchy. Huh. I know. I'm weird. But I'm sure I'm not the only weird one. I'm sure there's other weirdos like me. They're like hard peeps. Hard peeps. I've had hard peeps. All my when, peeps are hard. <laughs> I've had hard peeps when, um, you know, they're old and I still want to eat them. Yeah, that's the way it is. I let my peeps sit out. But that's because I discovered a, a box of peeps from Easter 2005. <laughs> and damn it, if they don't look delicious, I'm going <laughs> to yeah. eat those. So this set has question marks with like the words fruity, question mark, tangy, question mark, salty, what, savory, zesty, curious. Apparently the peeps are curious. I'm, I'm, assu I, I'm assuming. That I don't want the salty peep. No, I don't want the, I don't know if I want the curious peep. I don't know if it, <laughs> it might be the bi-curious peep. <laughs> that peep would be a pretty, um, well, it's done. How can a peep be bi-curious? Well, you know, they have different kinds of... Peeps are gender neutral. Well, it's, just, it's broken up into trays. There's ten chicks in it. Two trays, so five. I wonder if they're all the same. I don't know. These are the little birds. They're soft as heck. Yeah. So you already hate it. <laughs> I don't hate it. It's hard to identify the smell. I wonder if they smell different on each one. This one smells fruity. Yeah. It it smells like a juice a piece of juicy fruit. Okay. And it tastes like I think the flavor's a mystery. I think they're freaking liars. 
I think they put all their flavors together. I get a little hint of apple and something else. Do you get apple? Do you think you get apple? I got apple. I got some berry. This is definitely fruit. Yeah. This is the fruity one. I wonder if the packages are different. But it tastes like it tastes like fr- like fruit punch candy to me. Fruit punch. Okay, that's good. I can see that. Almost almost has that Hawaiian punch flavor to it. But strong like if you yeah. took the powder from the mix and put it right on your tongue. Yeah. I think they're all going to taste like that. I think these are people Well, it if you had a fruity one and I had a fruity one. The second one is the same. Yeah. I was hoping they got really super creative. And you got five different mystery flavors in each. Hmm. Such a mix of flavors, yeah. Definitely, I'd, I'd lean toward a, a very strong... Hawaiian punch is a good pull. Um, yeah, that's really good because that is a strange mix of tropical and regular flavors. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good if you like fruitiness. Um, I love peeps, obviously. I'm not sure I would make s'mores with these guys. I wouldn't. I might let them sit out and <laughs> <laughs> eat them tomorrow. Is that all it takes? Like a day out, or does it take more longer? I usually let them sit for a couple months. Out, oh, okay. Yeah, and the more, so my third and last one really hammering that taste home. But yeah, I can really thoroughly agree. It's that like a tropical mixture of yeah, of fruity flavors. Hawaiian punch. Damn it, I was hoping for, like, you know, bacon. (laughs) Man, this tastes like the ultimate food. (laughs) You can make, like, little pink, pink shaped ones. They're like pigs. (laughs) I mean, heck, pink ones, and if it tastes like bacon, you just nub the nose a little bit, and it would look kind of like a pig, a piglet. So, wow. I, I would definitely recommend them if you haven't had them before. I'm probably a lot better than bubblegum. I, yeah. I was not tempted to pick up the bubblegum flavors. See, flavored peeps just, it's its a weird concept to me. Because I grew up on the peeps are sugar-covered sugar. And I want to taste sugar-covered sugar. Right, right. You know, so what, what do you give your kids for uh, Easter? Little sugar bombs. Yeah. They, they call them peeps. They're great. But they're really like little sugar bombs or clouds of sugar. Sugar clouds. And they they, they look, you know who came up with it. It really looks like whoever made, um, what are those, divinity candies? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like they did that, but they never set. Or the meringue, huh? Yeah. The meringue. Good stuff, though. Yeah. Um, it's definitely tasty. Probably helps that it's fresh. Yeah. I don't know how this would be hard. I wonder if it would lose its flavor. Yeah. I don't know. We can set this out and then have it at Easter. 
probably wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> I'd probably have to get a new package. <laughs> Put it someplace. These wouldn't last. I can't have these out. <laughs> I don't throw these away. I'm going to eat them. See, I can't take them home because my kids sniff them out. Yeah. So, hmm. I got my middle kid. He's like a bloodhound. Candy? Oh, candy. Probably going to be able to smell it on you when you get home. You hit a peep. I don't recognize the flavor. That <laughs> you have elements of like having eaten fluffy little sugar clouds. <laughs> Where's your candy? Where's your candy? Um, I was tempted to pick up uh, the Lay's bacon macaroni cheese flavor. See, I'm I'm just not an adventurous eater. No, I'm like sour cream and onion Pringles. That's that's my adventure. Oh, I love those when they came out. Sour cream and onion chips when we were kids, and they, they finally started making stuff like that. Yeah. Because when we were kids, they had two kinds of potato chips. Wavy and flat. Well, I was going to say regular <laughs> and barbecue. <laughs> barbecue was as adventurous as it got back in the day. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, the wavy ones for picking up uh, dip and the flat ones for when you weren't picking up dip. And you bought the wrong ones when you weren't paying attention. <laughs> But we would always buy them in the two packs or the the big Lay's two packs where they're individually wrapped inside. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. Nope. Everything's a foil pack now. Yeah. Also, back in the day, they were wrapped in paper. <laughs> it was paper outside and plastic inside. Um. But no, the bacon macaroni and cheese. They have um. Is it? Uh, they have pico de gallo flavored Lay's. Um. The the taki flavor the takis flavorings um those Mexican flavors this is so good uh you know the local hot sauces yeah I forget what it's called but I love the hot stuff yeah the, like the hot it's just Doritos with different levels of hotness that's a good thing I can dig it um. Yeah, I can't remember that uh, that flavor, but um, I had the cappuccinos, and those were I was about the only one that liked those. Um, wasabi ginger that was the winner this year. Really, it's so good. If you like wasabi, yeah, and ginger, do you so eat a lot of sushi? I don't eat things that swim. Well, that's a loaded statement. <laughs> Pretty sure everything would swim if you put it in water. Well, I can see that. If you're a cow and a pig, man, I'm pretty sure they're not going to swim. Uh, you two, I'm eating. Um, Cows and pigs generally don't run towards the water. Right. So you're not like in the um, duck or... Duck is a bit gamey. Yeah. I'll eat duck, but like Fat, it's dark and fatty. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't run out and buy duck. So, you you said you're not an adventurous eater and and we're gearing up to do to play a little um game when the Krispy Kreme opens up in the next town over because it's like 7 miles from my house. 
Okay. So in this game, we're going to go get some burgers and sandwiches. And we're going to get some Krispy Kreme donuts. And the players are going to have to combine at random their sandwich and two Krispy Kreme donuts. And I don't think you're going to want to play along. I'll spin the wheel for you. <laughs> no, a sucker's got to spin their own wheel. <laughs> They're going to have to take responsibility for their actions. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting donut and sandwich in my mouth at the same time. Just too much sugar with sandwich. It the flavors would overload each other. Right, and we'll probably end up doing a video podcast here in uh, the garage studios. Um, Adam said he'd be down and he'd be in. Jack's going to be here. Hopefully I can get Tim on board and me and then a couple other guys want to come in and eat some disgusting sandwiches. Or they might be awesome, like Luther Vandross. Have you heard of the Luther Vandross? What is that? Uh, the, Luth- the Luther Vandross is a burger named after its designer, Luther Vandross. Okay. It's a burger with in between two traditional glazed donuts I could see that because Luther Vandross was not a small man (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a shame I think Luther Vandross passed away due to like some heart defects like (laughs) caused by eating too many Luthers (laughs) so yeah that's where I got the idea and then a lot of people do Krispy Kreme and, and donut burgers all over the place now yeah I'm just the the sugar overwhelming my burger. When I eat a burger, I want to taste my burger. I don't want to taste donut. Well, haven't you ever had any strange condiments or toppings on a burger before or unusual? I have, and it's always detracted. Okay. For me, it's always been a detraction. Things... Things that I like on my burger, egg. Okay. A fried egg on my burger is awesome. Okay, yeah, that's traditionally high gourmet item. Yeah. Um, Cheese, lettuce, mayo, mustard. That's... Never put... You put bacon, obviously, on burgers. Bacon, yeah. Have you ever ever had a pastrami burger? Oh, yeah. So... um, But the pastrami... Things that will complement my burger it's not things that will detract well you know what's what i found complimentary it was kind of ordered for me once as a joke and and because i love peanut butter so i've had a peanut butter burger okay and it's all sorts of awesome i now at times will put peanut butter on my burger not a lot of cheese goes with peanut butter. There's only like a couple of cheeses go with peanut butter. Yeah. Um, Swiss is the best. There's a tanginess and, and on the Swiss cheese. The peanut butter blends with the, the beef, and it, it's a good sensation. I can I can see just peanut butter on your bun, and mm-hmm. then... Yeah, yeah, that's how you do it. I, I can see that. I don't know that I'd run out and do it. Have you ever had like a Hawaiian, a teriyaki burger with a pineapple ring? Yeah, I'm not a fan. It, it makes it a little too wet for me. Yeah. Like a little too mushy. It's not like it tastes bad at all. Well, the like I don't like fruit on my burger. That's why I don't get tomato. Okay. It's just... Mushy? 
Yeah. And they really should put like apple slices on their burger. The thing with the pineapple is it's a really strong flavor. It is. That's why they usually use the teriyaki sauce or barbecue or something. It it would overpower your patty. It does all. It does almost always overpower your patty. Um, so we're gonna play this game where we pick out six different burgers, twelve different donuts, and hopefully you're gonna end up with something. I call it crispy because we have a habit. We have a habit. Open up here. I think we're gonna we're going to add all three. It's crispy Chick Fil A habit cream roulette. And we're going to do the char burger and the um, albacore tuna burger and the pastrami from the habit. And we're going to do like a regular chicken sandwich and a spicy chicken sandwich and a chicken salad sandwich from Chick-fil-A. So you very likely could end up with like a, a lemon donut and a maple donut on the chicken salad sandwich. See, and things like that are the reason I'm not going to play your game. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to see someone eat that. <laughs> and if it's me, <laughs> I'm not, who cares? Because, um, you know, Krispy Kremes, have you been to a Krispy Kreme? Yeah, time? we used to have one in Palmdale. We did, we did, yeah, um, years ago. And... They have a, like a lot of different types of donuts. They have their cream filled donuts. They have the lemon filled donuts. They have like the the custard filled. You show up and they always give you a glazed. Yeah, yeah, free while you're waiting in line. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, they've been doing a lot of decorated donuts lately, but I figured you know you get the glazed, you get the chocolates, you get the cream filled, the lemon filled, the the custard filled. Anyways, one each of the top twelve donuts. That way, hopefully, you have different flavors. Because I think they have jelly. They have a raspberry jelly. Um, so, it's going to be a really interesting game. Yeah. Getting your mouth that wide open to get two donuts and a burger inside at one time. Just to get that bite. Yeah, it's going to be like a Carl's Jr. commercial, only not... Not that's as pretty. Sexy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not as pretty. Yeah, no, no. Because I've seen these guys, and <laughs> I'm telling you what, the chick on the Carl's Jr. commercial is way hotter. Yeah, well, it's too bad we can't pay like a hot girls to eat these concoctions. Yeah. I think people would watch that. Supermodels eat uh, random foods on crispy Chick fil A habit cream roulette <laughs> in bikinis, obviously. Yeah. Podcast ratings go through the roof. You know, every every podcast has a chicken, a hot chick in a bikini. In it. You just can't see it. She's just standing right over there. She's standing beside you. the camera. Right, right. So I promise you that there's hot girls in every every episode. You just can't see them. It's a terrible tragedy. <laughs> um, is there anything you wanted to? I'm, Talk about this week. I'm good. Bitch about. I, I bitched about Brazilian death squads. Yeah, I'm good. yeah, yeah. It's 25 <laughs> years and they still can't get the job done. Well, the, people keep having kids, man. They Well, they're obviously shooting the wrong people. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they should take you know, them. You know, instead of shooting these kids, maybe in, 
vest and some condoms and toss them out to the kids in the ghetto. Yeah, or, or you know, they could they could do like the Neil Gaiman children's book and, and trade them away for something. <laughs> Maybe a couple of goldfish <laughs> and deal with the problem that way. Okay, so this has been episode 22 of the Desperate Mothers podcast. I'm CJ Watson. And I'm Jason Rice. And uh, hop on. Hop on.